AFC West backfield is a mystery worth solving for FFPC players. Is one backup NFC North running back become a dynamite value for zero RB drafters? And which NFC South receiver is shooting up higher than everyone else in football guys drafts right now? Plus, Rashad Cobb, a former FFPC main event league champ and a player who is making his second appearance in this year's Pros versus Joe's competition, sits in the co-host chair with me tonight to discuss Dawson Knox's value, Antonio Gibson's slide down the ADP boards, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Rashad Cobb is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you so much. Greetings and salutations, Rob, and all of you Balkaholics tuning in. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host. My co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, has the night off. He will be back on Friday, however, coming up on tonight's show. We'll get into what we think of Aaron Rodgers this season, sans Devontae Adams at his disposal, whether a cheap AFC South stack could be a potential league winner in the 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. And of course, you can check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to reach us. And you can also email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback seg uh, segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob. Uh, the main event slow drafts people are coming up on uh, the launch uh, for 2022. In fact, they're going to go off starting July 4th, which means five days. FFPC main event, the chase for $1 million will officially begin. The Football Guys early bird promo, that's going to end quicker than that. Um, if you want to get a $35 FFPC team credit, tomorrow is the deadline to register. Remember, you can register up to three teams. And when you consider getting that $50 discount on the uh, repack for the Football Guys Players Championship, um, you can get three $35 team credits. You want to use those um, for, for, you know, best ball leagues or, you know, whatever you want to do, they're at your disposal. So basically, we're, we're giving you like 185 uh, I beg your $155 for free. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. The uh, 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament and the inaugural Superflex Best Ball Tournament are going off both in the live and slow formats uh, right now. Uh, you win $200,000 for $125 entry with the Best Ball Tournament. You can win $10,000 with just a $35 entry in the Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Uh, Dynasty Startup still going strong. And of course, check out all the slow live and sit and go formats we have for Best Ball options at myffpc.com. The Run to Daylight Championship and the Draft Masters are filling up at kffsc.com, so make sure you're getting involved in those. We encourage that type of behavior on this program. Remember, uh, if you are watching this on Facebook or Twitter, we also do this show live on YouTube. You can watch us there. Remember, I would encourage you to like the channel, subscribe to the channel, comment on the videos, and then, of course, click that little bell so you get notified every single time we go live. Yeah, I know it's normally 10, 9 central on Fridays, but we're doing a special show tonight. Um, that's not normal. We do the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown on this channel as well. So if you ever want to make sure uh, that you get into every single broadcast we do, that little notification bell is your friend uh, for the FFPC YouTube channel. Let's bring in tonight's co-host, ladies and gentlemen. He has an FFPC main event league title as well as two Second place finishes in the FFPC flagships, uh, flagship event. Next month, he makes his second career appearance in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition, and he's here to discuss the strategy for that, as well as give us an update on how his 2022 Football Guys Players Championship drafts have been going. Please welcome into the program, Mr. Rashad Cobb. Rashad, thanks for hanging out with me tonight, man. I appreciate it, dude. Okay, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
you it's weird because you've you've done so many different formats like you, you've done the football guys players championship i know you did the the best ball tournament this year um you've won in the in the main event you've done and then you do the um the uh ten thousand dollar high society draft as well but this will be your second go round in pros versus joes and this is not something that you know people can just load up on every year this is something you have to be selected for you were randomly chosen this year what did you learn about pros versus joes your first time around like how is that different how you know what's the strategy now going forward to try to win a free main event team for next year I think the first time around was a little bit of uh, an aha experience. You know, you have all these professionals that that play and you listen to them and, you know, Sirius XM and all these different uh, broadcasts. And you get in and you look at the six pros and, you know, the other five Joes, including myself, and you start to strategize as far as, you know, what's the approach, what to do. You know, I've heard this person say that and trying to basically create your own path into to making a good team. Um, and, and, it, and it's weird because – you know, as you know, some of the pros are not always the most familiar with the FFPC format with, you know, dual flex, tight end premium. And sometimes you can kind of take advantage of that. You can make the case that the football guys, the main events, they might be a little bit easier or the pros versus Joe's might actually be a little bit easier than the main event and the football guys. Yeah, that's a great point, especially with the tight end premium. A lot of them aren't really uh, pushing up the tight ends the way we do in the FFPC. And so a lot of times, you know, if they haven't uh, looked at that format, you know, you definitely take advantage of it. But I try to stick to my uh, my focus as far as whatever my roster construction is and, you know, basically draft the best available players based upon who's been taken to that point. Right. Get your guys and get your format or your structure. No question. That is the way to go. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit better when you're not winning these FFPC leagues. Rashad, what are you doing for a living? So I'm actually bulky in law enforcement. Uh, I've been doing law enforcement for about eight years here locally in the uh, the metro area of Las Vegas. Um, obviously, due to confidentiality, can't talk about the extent of that. But uh, I've been doing that for a while. I love it. Uh, several of the people that I work with there, several of the officers are, are highly into fantasy football. And we have our own yeah. individual leagues as well. And, uh, you know, they think that they're the greatest thing ever. I've been trying to get them into uh, FFPC leagues for a long time. And it's it's a process. We're getting them there. They have uh, more antiquated leagues, if you will. But we're trying to get them onto the uh, the FFPC process. So I do that. In addition to doing that, I'm also a real estate investor. I do uh, duplexes, triplexes and quads. I have a lot of properties in the Midwest. Uh, and I've been doing that for a couple of years as well. So um, the time off that I have from law enforcement affords me the opportunity to be able to invest and do other things. And like I said, real estate's been a great part of what I've been doing as well. This is weird because we're now, I think for the first time, we're doing two high stakes fantasy football hours in the same week. And our guest on Friday, which I'll tease at the end of the program, is a retired uh, uh, gentleman from law enforcement out on the West really? Coast, not in Las Vegas, but yeah, he was in California for many, many years. And, but he just came from Las Vegas cause he was playing in the world series of poker. So all the ties yeah. to Las Vegas, just coming together on the program this week. It's, it's Absolutely. Weird. I mean, and, and of course you do your, your, you do your live drafts here as well. So I uh, all that tie in there as well. And so, yeah, I yeah. love it. FFPC has been great for so many years. So definitely that appreciate you guys. Yeah, well, thank, we appreciate your support, uh, Rashad, for sure. Um, let's talk fantasy football here now as we move forward. Denver uh, is a very interesting backfield this year. We talked about this on the program a couple of weeks ago. Everybody and their mother was was scrambling all over themselves to try to get Javante Williams. In fact, he was being pushed up into the first round in some drafts early on. Then Denver re-signed Melvin Gordon, and the air kind of went out of the Javante Williams hype balloon. When you look at how that backfield split is going to go this year, Melvin Gordon believes he's going to compete for that number one job. He feels slighted that everybody's so ready to give it to Williams. When you look at that job this year, is Melvin Gordon a better value in drafts, do you think, given where Javante Williams is still going? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think if you look at the ADP, that's going to play a big part into uh, who's more valuable. I think with the new regime, you got Hackett coming in from Green Bay, who's the new head coach. Um, they really don't have any ties to either player. And so, um, you know, I prefer Williams. I know he's going at the end of the second. Um, you know, he's a great talent. Uh, he can definitely break out this year. So, again, it's all a matter of where you see the value. I mean, Melvin Gordon still – well, he can still play. He obviously played pretty well last year. Um, they split carries for the for the most part. But again, you know, you got a new regime coming in. You never know. I know last year with Hackett, you know, you had Dylan and, and Jones over there and they pretty much split down there. So if we're basing it on that, potentially that could be the same way. But I think Javante Williams is a great talent. And, um, you know, 
my money would be on taking him even at the, the late second. Javante Williams going at the 211 right now, as Rashad just said. That is right after Leonard Fournette and Aaron Jones, right before Nick Chubb. Um, Melvin Gordon running back 37 in the ninth round. Uh, so certainly the the price that you're paying is a steep one, but it's one that that you believe is worth paying here if you are, you know, deciding between those two Broncos running backs. And I guess I don't know how you would feel about this, but if you're drafting in the main event, Rashad, are you trying to get both of them on your squad, or would you just take your shot at one or the other? Yeah, I think it's always a great idea to cuff, especially with that that spread and ADP. Um, I'm not going to reach for Gordon if I if I happen to get Williams, but obviously if I can get him, I think that'd be great. It'd be a safe play on my second round pick, um, and then vice versa. If I don't get Williams, I'd love to get Gordon as well because again, you never know what can happen. Injuries always play a part, uh, and things can occur. So yeah, since they're so spread apart, you know, if you can get both, that would be great but definitely not going to reach to, to grab both um, like taking Gordon in the seventh round per se, you know, I'm not going to do that, but if he's there right around ADP and I have Williams, I'm definitely going to be looking at it. Um, a first round running back decision that, that people have to make right now, if they are on the clock, let's say at the one Oh nine and they're looking at running backs, the two guys that kind of been flip flopping at that spot have been Najee Harris and they've been Dalvin cook. Do you have a preference there if, if you're married to one of those guys at that spot? If, you, if you're married to taking a running back at that spot, you know it's going to be one of those two. Do you like Harris better this year, or do you think Cook outperforms him? My preference is Dalvin Cook. Uh, I like the upside of that offense. Um, you know, Najee's dealing with the quarterback situation over there. They're trying to figure that part out. Uh, Dalvin has a completely new regime coming in, O'Connell, um, OC from the Rams. Uh, my opinion is I think they're going to completely switch it up with what they're doing, uh, which will give Dalvin a lot more opportunities to score. Uh, he definitely was a lot lower in touchdowns last year. And so if you can increase the touchdowns, I think you'll have a better opportunity of being in that top three, top four, you know, overall running backs. And so um, while I love Najee, I think the volume is going to be great. I think uh, that O-line is getting a lot better uh, in Pittsburgh. I still prefer Dalvin uh, based on the new regime coming in and, and the opportunities that they're going to have to score based on O'Connell bringing that Rams offense over to Minnesota. Would you be concerned if, if for anybody who is, who is looking at Harris, would you be concerned about these reports about him maybe not playing third downs and him maybe used a little bit less? Or is that, <clears throat> is that not holding its weight right now for you? I think it's much to do about nothing. I mean, you heard a lot of reports about Chase last year. Same thing here. I know he, you know, put on some weight according to reports. Uh, from what I've been reading, uh, it's been mostly muscle. You know, he's a young kid. He can take the pound and he knows what he's doing. Um, I don't think they're worried at all in Pittsburgh about that weight. Um, I, I think that they're both going eight and nine right now in ADP. So obviously it's extremely close, but um, I think not just going to be great. It's just my preference between the two is is definitely Dalvin as of right now, based on everything that I'm seeing. But um, Najee is going to be fine as well. I think they're both going to have great seasons, barring injury, of course. Right, barring injury. Uh, if you if you look a little bit further down the ADP here, um, we have DeAndre Swift going um, for football guys drafters. And by the way, shout out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, at FantasyMojo on Twitter. All the ADP we cite on the show is through all the great work he does at that website. DeAndre Swift is going at the 203 as running back seven. And I know there's a lot of hype going on with him right now. Rashad, one of my favorite running backs to draft last year was Jamal Williams when we kind of didn't know what was going to happen with Swift and him in the backfield. And Williams is going super late. He's going even later this year. Um, Jamal Williams is currently uh, running back 57, not going to the mid-14th round. Are, are FFPC players sleeping on him, knowing that DeAndre Swift has been banged up before? And Williams has been coming in and, and doing pretty good, not just with rushing the football, but he catches passes as well. 14th round, especially for a zero RB drafter, I'm all over that. How do you feel about him? Yeah, I'm with you, Balky. I think that that's extremely low for a player of this caliber. I mean, last year, I believe they had about the, the same rushing attempts. And I know Swift caught a lot of balls and Swift's a great player. But like you said, there's also injury concerns there as well. Um, Detroit's going to have a great offensive line. I think that they'll have a better chance to compete in the division. Obviously, Packers, Vikings still favored, but Detroit's going to be a better team overall. And so I, I absolutely think that Williams is going way too low, uh, especially based on the games that he had last year and Swift's uh, tendency to get hurt 
uh, in his short career. So uh, with, the, with the great offensive line, I believe they both played 13 games last year. Um, and how they play, I mean, the fact that they're behind, but that O-line can keep them in the game. Um, I, I think that he'll be in line to catch some balls, and definitely that value is way too low for Jamal Williams. He's going right after Brian Robinson, the rookie in Washington, and then Devontae, I beg your pardon, Deontay Foreman uh, is going right before him. Zamir White, Mark Ingram going immediately after him in the 14th round. So, yeah, I love Williams there. Actually, Zamir White I can get on board with there, and and I can get on board with Brian Williams there too. I I think there's some – and Marlon Mack is right in that area too. Right. Um, Yeah, there's there's a lot of value right in that range. I agree with that, Bucky. A lot of good value in that range. But, again, based on what potentially could happen, I think Williams is definitely undervalued for sure. Um, we've been talking a lot about running backs. Let's shift to receivers here, specifically the ones in Los Angeles. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are the one and the two or the 1A and the 1B, I guess, for the Chargers this year. As far as I can recall, they've never been this close in ADP. They're basically only being separated by a half round right now between uh, between Allen and Williams. Keenan Allen – uh, 305, and then Mike Williams at the 401 uh, as wide receiver 11 and the wide receiver 14. Um, which Chargers receiver, given that they are going so close, if you could only pick one, which one would you rather have in 2022? This is another tough one, Balky. Uh, I love Mike Williams. Um, I, I think by the time we get to August, though, we're talking, you know, they're probably going to be as they are now about, you know, seven or eight picks apart. They'll probably be a lot closer than probably uh, the top of the third. Uh, I think Mike Williams has a lot more upside with Keenan Allen getting older. Um, you know, touchdown potentials there. Keenan Allen will get more receptions, of course, but those TDs should be there for Mike Williams. There has been some durability concerns with Mike Williams in the past. Same thing with Keenan Allen, but he's kind of gotten over that the last two or three seasons. I would say at this point, based on where ADP is, for me, it's Mike Williams because of the upside. Um, That team's going to be in scoring position a lot. I love the team. I love the O-line. I obviously love the quarterback. Um, So they're definitely going to be in position to score. Uh, I think it's going to come down, again, the roster construction, your tolerance, uh, where ADP is. Uh, the potential, potentially, of, of, of Mike Williams, I think, is huge. And the upside of him potentially being a top five wide receiver is there if he stays healthy in this offense. So uh, for me, at this point, it's Mike Williams. But obviously, everything's pending ADP and where things go. If you're drafting and, you know, let, let's say you're drafting in the main event or the Football Guys Players Championship, where instead of like pros versus Joe's, you're just trying to beat 11 people. But those contests, you're trying to beat thousands. Does it make it seem like Mike Williams is the more slam dunk pick there? Um, be, because of the variance and because of, of him having, as you said, the more upside than Keenan Allen? Absolutely, no doubt about it. In those situations, you definitely want to do that because, again, he could be a top five wide receiver. We could be talking about him in the same ilk as we do, you know, Cooper Cup this year. You know, a year ago this time, we weren't talking about Cooper Cup like that. So Mike Williams potentially could be that guy. Keenan Allen's going to be steady. You know, he's reliable, but I don't know necessarily if he'll finish as a wide receiver one, you know, getting up there in age. So, um, you know, if you want that, you know, the steady reliability, the eight and 80, you know, Keenan Allen's your guy, but that upside potentially is going to be with Mike Williams. So yeah, in those formats for sure, I'm definitely going Mike Williams. Yeah. We're always chasing upside. All fantasy owners uh, definitely for sure uh, is, is, is what we're looking for to try to win national tournaments. Mike Williams definitely represents more of it than Keenan Allen. Um, Shifting over to the Eastern side of the country, Rob Gronkowski is retired for now. Uh, Chris Godwin is hurt to start the season. Um, What kind of numbers does the guy that Tom Brady reached out to Russell Gage and said he wanted him on the team. He said he, he should sign with Tampa. He did sign with Tampa. I don't know if there's anybody, Rashad, that's been ascending the way Russell Gage has after this um, Gronkowski retirement announcement. He's up to wide receiver 34 at the 704 right now, past Michael Thomas, past Hunter Renfro, past DeAndre Hopkins. Gage is going all in front of those guys right now. Uh, what numbers do you think he, he puts up this season with Tom Brady? I think he's going to do well, Balky. Um, but I, I am, I mean, where is this going to stop? You know, I mean, we're going to go further and further into the summer. And I think by the time we get to late August, I mean, he's probably going to be a lot higher than that. Um, Godwin's probably going to miss, you know, the first four games, if not more. Um, you know, like you said, no Gronkowski. Also no Antonio Brown. A lot of people are missing that. Um, I think that this guy absolutely can be a wide receiver too, if not higher. 
Um, and then the question becomes when Godwin gets back, you know, uh, how long does it take for him to get worked back in into the situation? So, um, you know, when you look at that and the fact that Gage actually had a pretty good year for the Falcons uh, the prior year, like you said, Tom Brady went out and you know, recruited him. I think that he can have an absolutely great season. It's just, again, what are you willing to pay for him? You know, by the time we get to late August, where is this going to be? Um, and when you compare it to the people that may be going in those other rounds, what's the better value? So obviously I loved him a month ago when he was going around nine, round 10. Uh, like you said, now he's going around seven. Uh, a lot of question marks, like you said about Gronkowski. But even with that, I love the fact that Brady was able to support three wide receivers last year. And now you're basically just looking at Mike Evans. Um, so Gage should be able to come in and get some of that production from those available targets. And I think he'll have a great year. Again, it just comes down to the cost. And I think, if I remember correctly, Antonio Brown, when he was still with the Buccaneers, the games he played, I think he was the most targeted wideout over Evans, over Godwin. So so Brady would definitely was looking for his number three receiver, and that should be Russell Gage, even when Godwin comes back. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, Kadarius Toney, we saw flashes of, of his greatness last year as a rookie. Now he gets Brian Dable. He gets um, – th there's some other players around him. You can make the case that that's going to either be better or worse for him. But what's, what's the likelihood of a breakout season for Kadarius Toney this year with the new head coach, new offense? I love Kadarius Toney. I mean, everyone remembers that game from last year. It's all over YouTube where he had an outstanding game. And, um, you know, there's been some rubblings this offseason about him potentially being traded and this and that. I don't think that they trade him. I think that he's a great talent. His measurables, everything pretty much stands up. And like you said, with Brian Dayball there from Buffalo, I think they've completely changed around the culture for the Giants. Um, add that to a new offensive line, right tackle, left tackle. They brought in a guard as well. I think uh, everyone, all of the offensive players, um, not just Tony, but Galladay, uh, Saquon, even Wondell Robinson are in store for a very good season. I think the culture's changed there. You're talking about probably a three to four game improvement uh, on a win total year over year. Um, Saquon's in a contract year as well. I think the culture and everything there is completely different and uh, all over Kadarius Tony. Again, another guy, though, that's been moving up a lot. And where's that yeah. price going to be in August? So, you know, it's all going to come down to that. But uh, between him and Galladay and, and Robinson, I think there's a lot of value. Definitely want to be all over this team. He has moved. Kadarius Tony has gone ahead of Sky Moore, Robert Woods, and Brandon Ayuk. I think he was doing that a couple of weeks ago. But Traylon Burks has now fallen behind him with the, you know, the the, the asthma stuff that we were hearing with, with him and struggling there. But he's still going. I mean, um, Claypool is behind him. Lockett's behind him. Chris Olave is behind him. Tony is wide receiver 41 in the early eighth round right now. So he is climbing and you can make the case that if you want to get him, now is the time to get him before he really shoots up along with Russell Gage, as we were just uh, discussing. Um, shifting the tight ends now. Uh, everybody loves the Bills offense this year. I haven't found anybody who's down on him. Everybody wants a piece of it, whether it's Josh Allen, James Cook, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. I think those are the two main pass catchers everybody likes. Um, Jameson Crowder, obviously, there as well. But Dawson Knox, in a tight end premium format, like the Football Guys Players Championship, he's going in the ninth round. Starting tight end on that offense in the ninth round, that seems a little low to me. Is he going to be able to help fantasy owners out? Is he a sleeper there for you in the ninth round, Rashad? I definitely think that he's a sleeper, Balky. I mean, you know, when you look at the offense and you look at how they're going to play, um, you know, he's going to be in position to score. And a lot of times if you're not getting those top, you know, three or four tight ends, you know, all the following tight ends, you're looking for a touchdown as frequently as possible. And I think this guy's going to be in, in position to be able to do that. Uh, they, they lost Beasley. They lost Sanders. Uh, they lost a couple other players. So there's a lot of vacated targets there as well. Uh, and Josh Allen just really likes him a lot. So when you add that to the fact that he's growing as a player and a lot of red zone opportunities, uh, Ken Dorsey stepping in as the OC, so it should be business as usual. You know, even though they lost day ball, they still should be able to uh, make things happen and continue the offense on as it was last year. Um, the Bills are a top-notch team. I think that absolutely, especially in FFPC, I mean, in the ninth round for Dawson Knox, I mean, he should definitely be a target for everyone. It's a, a lot of value, um, a great player and a great offense. Josh Allen speaks highly of him. Definitely think that he's undervalued. Dawson Knox last year, um, he played in 15, uh, beg your pardon. He, uh, he played in 15 games. He started 14 of them, 49 catches, 587 yards and nine touchdowns. I know the nine touchdowns are fluky, 
But again, tight end yeah. premium, ninth round, you're getting 50 catches on a loaded team last year. You think about what he can do this year. I'm on board. I'm on board. And, yeah. and-, and Balkan, again, just think about that pace of play. I mean, they're going to be in scoring yeah. position. They're going to be up. He's going to have the opportunity. So even if you look at those numbers and you don't like the receptions, obviously the touchdowns are there. And like you said, that's that can be fluky. You can go up, you can go down. However, you put yourself in a position to get more. And at that price, that value is unbelievable. Dawson Knox, tight end 11. So even if you wait on tight end and let everybody take tight ends before you, you could still get a top 12 tight end in the ninth round. He's sandwiched right now between uh, Pat Fryermuth and Pittsburgh, and then Cole Komet is going literally right behind him as tight end 12 at the 905. Let's get to a couple of emails uh, for you tonight, Rashad. The first one is Lou in Ann Arbor, Michigan. What are the chances that Deontay Johnson's numbers are even better with Mitchell Trubisky this year? instead of Big Ben? Interesting question, and thank you for the email, Lou. As I look at what Deontay Johnson uh, put up last year with uh, the corpse, basically the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him, he had 107 catches, he had 1,161 yards, and he got in the end zone eight times. Likelihood that he's going to improve on those numbers with uh, Trubisky now this year? It's possible, Balky, based on what you said. Again, Roethlisberger was not the best quarterback last year, you know, and I know you bring in Trubisky and you got Pickett there. Um, you know, Trubisky can, can potentially get it done. They wouldn't got him for a reason. And Deontay Johnson, to me, is the best wide receiver on that team. He separates better than anyone else. So I think the likelihood is absolutely there. Um, he's not falling for me at all. Um, that team is a, is a, a well-built machine. They've, they've always done things a certain way. And so when you think about how they play, I, I absolutely think that he's going to have the opportunity to still be able to produce the way that he's produced in the past. And it could potentially be an upgrade at quarterback. I mean, yeah. let's see how that goes. I mean, it could be a better situation. So yes, the answer to that question, I absolutely think that he can perform the same way, if not better. Do you worry about, because Roethlisberger's arm strength was pretty sapped last season. And I feel like he, that that's part of the reason Friermuth had a pretty good successful rookie tight end season. I think part of it is, is that he was looking for Johnson too, who did not run, um, uh, the nine routes as much as a guy like, say, Chase Claypool did, James Washington, who was there last year. Would you be concerned at all about Johnson maybe being penalized because Trubisky can spray the ball around the field a little bit more than Roethlisberger could? You know, he may be able to, but I also think that he's a quick dunk quarterback as well, too. And if Deontay Johnson can get open quickly, slants, you know, curls, things of that sort, and if he's just the best wide receiver, I think Trubisky will definitely key in on him. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. But when you really look at the metrics, to me, Deontay Johnson is the best wide receiver on the team. And the Pittsburgh Steelers feel the same way about that. So I think they're going to dial up plays and get him the ball. And I think it'll pretty much be business as usual, if not better, because the quarterback situation will be better. As a guy who has a lot of Deontay Johnson dynasty shares, I'm thrilled to hear you say that. That is music to my ears, Rashad. Let's uh, move on and talk uh, Andrew in Cleveland. Uh, he writes, Antonio Gibson continues to plunge down into the fifth and sometimes sixth rounds in my football guys drafts. How big of a value is he there or should I keep letting him slide further? Thank you. That is Andrew in Cleveland. Thank you, Andrew, uh, for listing and emailing. As I look at Antonio Gibson uh, in, in his uh, – and his um, current ADP over the last five days in the Football Guys Players Championship, 509 right now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery solidly ahead of him, and he's at risk of having Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell pass him um, right now. I, I don't know how you feel about him at the at the end of the fifth, Rashad. What do you think? Well, Balky, when I look at it, you know, I always look at the history of the situation as well, too. And and last year. You know, Antonio Gibson was going, you know, second round year before that, I believe he was going into first round. Now we're talking, you know, late fourth, early fifth. Um, to me, he's still the starter in that offense. He's still going to be the guy. I mean, yeah, Brian Robinson comes in, McKissick comes in, they both play. I totally understand that. But when you talk about going from a second rounder to a fifth rounder on a Ron Rivera team and, you know, what some would view as an upgraded quarterback with Wentz, um, I think the defense obviously is going to be better too. They took a step back last year, but I think the defense is going to be better. So they're going to compete in the division, in my opinion. But I think if they're in scoring position more, which I believe they will be, they just signed McLaurin as well. Um, I think that he's a great value in the fifth round, again, relative to the ADP based on where he's been going the last two years. So um, I'm not going to look at the, you know, the, the lack of touchdowns from the years prior. He was still the man uh, for the most part. PPR, I believe he was still in the top 24 overall on a points per game basis. So 
in the fifth round, I'm definitely going to be looking at him. You know, if you're talking bulky middle second, you know, uh, late first, then it's, it's a different conversation. But at the fifth, same thing with CH, same thing with Miles Sanders. To me, that's a good value. Yeah, and, and I, I brought this up when as long as you're going to bring up Edwards, Alaire, and Sanders. These are the guys that, like, zero RB guys dream of being there in, like, the fifth and the sixth round. Like, if you go heavy on receiver and tight end, maybe grab a quarterback instead of a tight end early, and you can get your, you know, as your starting, as your top running back, Gibson or Edwards Alaire um, or Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, like any of those guys, I think I think you're doing it right. And I'm sure I'll have a couple of those teams this year as well. Um, moment of truth. Normal, normally Farrell asks this, but I get to ask it this week. Can you tell the listeners and the viewers here, Rashad, one player that that you really are targeting to get on as many squads as possible this year, and then another player that you're pretty sure, unless he falls like precipitously, there's no way that you're going to have any shares of him on your squads. Yeah, wow. Uh, the player that I would say that I want the most, um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, Balky, when we were discussing uh, Kadarius Tony, is is absolutely Saquon Barkley. Um, mm. It's clearly Barkley. And it's Barkley because, uh, again, contract year, um, you know, Brian Dayball's in town, new offensive line, you know, a, another a year removed from that ACL. Um, when you look at Saquon, I don't think there's any denying that he is probably the most talented running back in the NFL, um, generational talent, uh, great as far as specs go. What well, we saw him do it in his rookie year. Uh, obviously, the last couple of years have been bad based on injury. But if this guy can stay healthy, I don't see why he can't be uh, a top five running back. And with where he's going as of right now, I see the value in that. And I'm definitely pushing to get him where I can get him. Um, I'm just of the belief that, um, you know, he's going to have a good year and he's going to stay healthy this year in the new offense. And, uh, you know, the new regime coming in, that new line is going to open up some things for him. He's lining up on the outside. He's going to catch more balls. Obviously, all pending injuries. Um, I think that he can absolutely be a top five running back, if not higher. Um, and I think he's going to have a really good year. This is a guy that wasn't too long ago, number one, that he was like the first or second overall pick uh, in fantasy drafts. And it wasn't yeah. too long ago in drafting season. This guy was kind of flipping to the early fourth round in some drafts, which Absolutely. is pretty crazy. Absolutely. And now he's gone yeah. up, you know, obviously it is being right. like a, at the 204 right now. Could go up even right. further. We shall see. I yeah. said I was in, uh, I was on um, uh, with the Rotorballer guys uh, on Monday this week on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And we were talking about, you know, since the glamour shots of Saquon Barkley have been going around Twitter with just like the cut, you know, six pack and the quads and everything. Right. All of a sudden, his ADP is going up again a little bit. It's it's weird yeah. how that works, but yeah, it is what it and is. It's funny, and, and, and I think it'll continue to go bulky. I think as as word gets out and we get closer to August, people will start looking at things, and there'll, there'll be those skeptics that will always say, "Nope, you know, he's he screwed me over for two years. I'm not yeah. doing it. Doesn't matter. I have to see it first. I get that, but we're forecasting here, right? And if we're forecasting and we see the new regime and the new offensive line, we have to also forecast that maybe this guy stays healthy. And if he does stay healthy, where is he? If he stays healthy, I think that he absolutely can be an outstanding pick and return value where he's going at ADP. You're all over Barkley in the early second. Who's a player that you are for sure out on this year, Rashad? It's a tough one because I like the team. Uh, I actually like the player. I think he's outstanding. But um, A.J. Brown, uh, 3.5, mm. that's just uh, – I like them. I just feel like, uh, and I and I think that that team's going to win the division. Actually, I love the Eagles. I just see them more as a running team. You know, Hertz is getting better. He's definitely becoming a better passer. But uh, I'm a little concerned at 3.5 when you look at the other players going around AJ Brown. I'd much rather have a Pittman. I'd much rather have a Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in particular, um, and even Mike Evans if he happens to slide there. Even though his ADP is moving up as well. But um, AJ Brown for me is out. People are also forgetting about Devonta Smith, who. Yep. Again, uh, Hertz loves him as well. And maybe this opens up, you know, more space and opportunity for Devonta Smith as people focus more so on A.J. Brown. So I'd much rather have Smith in, in round seven if I want a piece of the Eagles offense as opposed to A.J. Brown at 3.5. Uh, or to me, that could be a, a little bit risky, especially if you look at your roster construction, you're starting running back, running back, and you're focusing on wide receivers in the third round. Ah, it's a little bit risky for my wide receiver one. Um, but, you know, again, great talent, uh, great team. I just would rather have Devonta Smith in the seventh than A.J. Brown in the third. 
Smith, too, um, we mentioned it. He's going a little bit after Russell Gage, a little bit after Hunter Renfro, right before Drake London, right before DeAndre Hopkins. That's where we're sitting with Devontae Smith right now. A guy who, you know, was an all-world receiver in college, won uh, the Heisman Trophy, and and the tools are are there for him. The the, opportunity is there for him this year to put up some big numbers. And and Balky, again, like we said, they they run the ball a lot. You know, Hurts, I believe, 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, he's not afraid to to take the ball down and run it. And so when you look at their pass attempts as opposed to other teams, you know, it just scares me a little bit, unless there's a complete change, which obviously could happen. But I think his intent, as he is a better passer now, but his intent is to definitely also take off and run. So I think that takes away some opportunities from A.J. Brown in addition to – Devonta Smith's growth and him having a little bit more space because people are focusing on AJ Brown. Yeah. Also another excellent point with that, uh, with, with the, the mystery that is Jalen hurts um, fantasy flash. Let's get into the news right now. And the biggest news, well, among the biggest news of the week has been that uh, Terry McLaurin is going to be a Washington commander for the next three years. He signs a three year, $71 million contract extension. This according to Adam Schefter, $28 million signing bonus. A lot of people said, a lot of people in the know said, look, don't panic about this McLaurin thing. They're going to figure it out. He's going to be there. And this is a guy that put up great numbers of Taylor Heineke. Now he gets the upgrade with Carson Wentz uh, at quarterback. McLaurin is a guy that I'm kind of curious, Rashad, because you've been in drafts and you've seen where he's been going. He's climbed a little bit. Um, 502, I think, is where he was going. Since this contract was announced, he's gone as high as the 407. Is he likely to see any kind of contract bounce now, now that we know that that he's not holding out, he's going to report, or is he kind of safely in that late fourth round, early fifth round area? I like him a lot, Balky. I think now that he's been paid, he'll show up. You know, he'll start to build that timing with Wentz. Um, Again, Terry McLaurin, another person that was going much higher the last two years. So how soon we forget, you know, when they start to dip and and things of that sort. Um, I love him. Uh, Like I said, I think the defense is going to be better, which in turn will create more opportunities for the offense. Um, I I actually like him a little bit higher than ADP, uh, especially now that he's been paid. And like I said, you can get in and start working with Wentz. Uh, a lot of play action. I'm, I'm a big fan of Ron Rivera and how he runs his teams overall. And so I think they're going to be in, in, in some scoring opportunities themselves. Uh, Jahan Dotson, great, but a rookie. Uh, Curtis Samuel, will he be healthy the whole year? Um, like him as well, too. But I think McLaurin is a guy. Logan Thomas is also an injury concern. I, I believe he's hurt right now. So when you look at everything and you look at the opportunities, um, you know, same way Wentz worked with Pittman last year. Wentz, I believe, will work that same way with McLaurin this year. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there in value. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think he makes for a really solid investment in the late fourth round. Even if he rises to the mid-fourth, I'll definitely get on board with that. Um, We talked a little bit about um, Russell Gage rising uh, in drafts when the Rob Gronkowski news came came out. Scott Smith, who covers the the team for Bucks.com, says uh, he thinks Cade Otten is the, quote, best option to be Tampa's number one tight end uh, this season. Uh, Gronkowski not coming back. He says there's, quote, potential for him to be the tight end the Bucs keep on the field the most. Cameron Braid averaged under four targets and 70% of the snaps when Gronkowski uh, was was not playing last year when, when Cameron Braid started. Uh, Kate Otten is apparently the better blocker as well. Um, he was uh, an every-down tight end and a day-one starter at Washington, Otten is recovering from surgery right now, but he'll be eight months recovered from that. This is a player that was not being selected at all um, over the last five days in the Football Guys Players Championship. That has changed now. He's now going tight end 42. He's creeped into the 19th round. I would expect that to increase, especially after the support. I'm not getting super excited about this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still more of a believer in Cameron Brate since he's basically dirt cheap there uh, right now as well. But as a throwaway flyer, 19th round, I'm on board. Are you liking Kate Otten more than I am, Rashad? Yeah, very same concept, Balky. I, I like him, but I like him late. Uh, we all know with rookie tight ends, even Pitts last year, I mean, they usually don't perform well, you know, year one. I know you got Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really sold all the way on Otten. Definitely worth a flyer. Not my tight end one, for sure. Not my tight end one. Uh, Bray was definitely lackluster in the games that Gronk didn't play last year as well. So you never know. I mean, but as far as the tight end and and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, you definitely want to play that position because whoever that is, they're going to have opportunities. 
It's just it may be more of a committee. Um, Otten's definitely worth the flyer rate, though. But uh, yeah. as far as at this point, until we get a little bit more information, it's hard to say how that's going to play out. I, I think if you, let's say, wait on tight end and maybe you hit, maybe you get like a top 10, like a top 12 guy and then maybe like a top 16 guy, Kate Otten would be, yeah. he would make it for a nice number three tight end late on, Absolutely. on, those, on those football guys. Totally squad. agree. Um, Alvin Kamara is, quote, bracing for a suspension of at least six games, according to Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Um, he actually, um, at the Pro Bowl last year, threw some punches and facing felony battery charges. Uh, the question is, uh, for Florio, when this suspension like, – it's not a if, it's going to happen, but it's going to be a question of when it's actually going to be enacted. The NFL historically has waited for the criminal process to be done before they impose their own discipline via their personal conduct policy that's in the CBA. Kamara running back 15 at the 306. Now he has fallen. How do you handle him, Rashad? If you're drafting him right now, are you just assuming that there is going to be a suspension this year? Is that baked into his ADP or are you drafting him in the mid third round, hoping that there's no suspension in 2022 and it maybe holds off till 2023? Yeah, on this one, Balky, I'm out. It just seems uh, it seems very risky, you know, even in the third for me. Uh, from my understanding, there's video that has not come out yet. And my question would be, once that video comes out, how bad does this get? Right. Uh, and so, you know, third round is very risky. There's a lot of other great players going in that in that same area. Um, obviously, Balky, if he falls, to, you know, a little bit further than that, people start getting more concerned. And maybe you can take a chance a little bit later. But in the third round, I'm, I'm pretty much out. Uh, definitely looking at some of the backups there to see what's going to happen. I, I believe the the case is now happening in August, if I'm not mistaken, and who knows what's going to happen at that time and if the league will make a decision. Um, you know, we'll be drafted heavily around that time. So right, again, yeah. a lot a lot is to be determined. I just think right now it's very risky if you're taking them at that spot uh, with a pending six plus uh, potential suspension. So. Um, you know, not to mention the Dennis Allen thing. I know you still got Carmichael there as the OC and you got Jameis uh, still trying to find himself. But there's a lot of uncertainty with Sean Payton out there as well, too. So we need to look at that. Kamara is a great talent, but the suspension is definitely risky. If you look at something similar, for example, DeAndre Hopkins, he's missing, I believe, six games. And he's right. not going yep. in the third round, right? I believe he's going to six or seven. So I get running backs are valuable. But third round, six game potential suspension, if not more, very risky to me. Is there any value for you in getting a guy like Mark Ingram, Divina, Zigbo, Abram Smith, the rookie, Tony Jones? Is there any value in these yeah. guys late? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely move them up uh, because I'm pending this to happen. So definitely moving Mark Ingram up about a round or so. Same thing with Abram Smith, moving them up a little bit because I definitely want to be on those guys in the event that this gets a lot worse than what we think. Even with the six games out, I mean, those guys can have potential um, production in those six weeks and really help your team out a lot. So I'm definitely focusing on those guys in anticipation of what's about to happen with Kamara. Abram Smith has an ADP of 1807, running back 75. So he's basically free right now. Mark Ingram um, is going running back 59 in the 14th round, too. So again, if, if you're not, if, if, you're, if you're believing that, that Kamara is going to be suspended for six games, uh, Ingram in the 14th round and Abram Smith late make a lot of sense uh, as guys that, you know, you can use them when they're when the suspension's done, uh, then you get rid of them. It's it's not complicated. Or maybe you hang on to them. I, I, I don't know. It, it gives you the option. Right. Um, Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets for the Athletics, says that Brees Hall is, quote, now the Batman to Michael Carter's Robin. He says the Jets are going to use both these running backs. I think we know that. Um, but Hall is the lead back. Apparently, Brees Hall at OTAs. Uh, impressed a lot of the coaches there. Mike LaFleur said he uh, sneaks up on defenders. He's a fluid mover, and he's a special talent. Now, Brees Hall, we have been saying on the show for weeks, um, he is going to go higher than where he is going to go, than where he's going right now. The time to draft him is now. Brees Hall running back 18. He's almost in the third round. He's been solidly in the fourth round for a while, but he's at the 401 right now. The question here, Rashad, is not is Brees Hall good. We know Brees Hall's good. But Michael Carter now, does he become a value now that the Brees Hall hype train is 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 going full steam ahead? Michael Carter running back 44 in the 11th round is where he's going. How much how attractive is his value there for you? 
I think it's very attractive. Remember, they just took him the year prior, and they they pretty much leaned on him at the end of the you know second half of the season. So um, again, it's all about value, and so because of this news, because of the noise, because of the fact that Brees Hall will definitely be a third round pick come August, if not higher. Um, what you should do at that point is start looking at the value of the other player. And the other player in this case is Michael Carter. And he's probably going to get pushed back and overlooked because of all the hype for Brees Hall. Um, but so, yeah, I'm definitely keeping an eye on where his ADP goes, he being Michael Carter, to kind of see where that value is going to be. Because I definitely think that with the noise and with the summer continuing to move on, his value will probably drop off, his being Michael Carter. But Brees Hall looks great. I think he's going to be a great player. Um, yeah, I think it's warranted where he's going right now. Love him, obviously, a lot more in Dynasty. But um, I think they're going to they're gonna share. But Brees Hall, like, like they said here, he's going to be the main guy, and I think he's going to have a good season. But definitely the, the value on Michael Carter is, is something to look at as the weeks go on. Are you pretty bullish on the Jets' offense in general this year with Elijah Moore a year older? They still have Corey Davis. They get Garrett Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson, they're hoping take a, a, another step forward. Um, are you bullish on the Jets' offense, Rashad? I am. I think they had a very good draft. Uh, I think Zach Wilson will continue to progress as well. Like you mentioned, Garrett Wilson's there. I love Elijah Moore. I think that he has a great opportunity to be a very, very good wide receiver. Um, and people forget about Corey Davis all the time. And right. So I, I think I think overall um, they're going to be a, a pretty good team. And as they continue to progress, very similar to how the Giants are going to progress, I think that people will wake up and a lot of these players that we're looking at right now next year will be looking at them a lot higher. Um, but yeah, I definitely do like the Jets and where they're going. Like I said, they had an amazing draft, particularly on defense. They're getting better. And I think uh, in the long haul, they're going to be a very good team. And I do like Zach Wilson as long as he continues to progress. And all reports are so far that it looks like he's headed in the right direction. He has a lot of good intangibles. And so with Garrett Wilson there, um, with the fact that you do have, you know, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Uzama, I believe at the tight end, yep. you know, you have, you have the weapons there to be successful. The defense should be better as well. The O-line's getting better. And so I think that they're going to progress. So absolutely, definitely all in on that. Uh, let's get to a couple more emails here as long as we got some time. Alan in Chester Heights, PA. Hey, boys, with this Chris Carson injury, am I better off grabbing Rashad Penny or Ken Walker in my drafts? Keep up the great work. That is Alan in Chester Heights, Pennsylvania. So Rashad Penny, just look this up. We, we've been getting reports that it sounds like he is going to – it's like this, this is his job to lose, at least to start the season. Now, he's only on a one-year deal, and I think that's why he's going off at running back 36 at the 901. Now, Walker, on the other hand, the rookie that they drafted, the second running back taken in this year's draft, he's going ahead of Penny, running back 28 at the 703. When you consider the difference in ADP, does one of those guys stick out to you more? Uh, how do you feel about how this Seattle backfield is going to get chopped up this year? Yeah, I think the value is in Penny. I love Penny. If you look at what he did at the end of the year, he had a very, very, very good season. Um, when you look at that on a per-game basis, those last, I believe, six games, he played very well. Um, not only that, I believe they gave him a one-year deal at over $5 million, so that should tell you how they feel about him. Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll has really no allegiance, even though he drafted Ken Walker, to going with who he feels the better player is. And so, yes, they drafted Walker, but they also paid Penny. So what, what does that say? You know, it's just a matter of who you're on. Penny, though, does have injury concerns. And so obviously he needs to he needs to stay healthy. But if he's healthy, he's definitely, in my opinion, the better value. You can bring Ken Walker along slowly if you need to, or if he's a better player, fine. You can go that route. But for me, for these two players, I'm definitely focusing more on Penny at the value based on the contract and also based on what he did at the end of last year. I think the other thing, too, to keep in mind is Walker, I, between the two of them, his the the um the potential for his ADP to go up is much higher than Rashad Penny, and I think you can continue to get a pretty good deal on Rashad Penny in drafts right now. While Ken Walker's ADP goes up as we get closer to August and then September. Um, Bill in Denver, how do you guys value Aaron Rodgers this year with such an unproven group of receivers? Now this is a, a compelling conversation, right? Because Aaron Rodgers, for the first time in his career, will not have. A, a de facto experienced number one receiver. However, he is coming off back-to-back -back MVP years and looks to be playing as good a football as he ever has. 13.07 Rashad right now, quarterback 14. Is that too far or is that properly, uh, is he being properly drafted when you consider he's going to be throwing to Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, um, uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, types, uh, types of guys like that? 
Yeah, I think way too far. I mean, it's it's still Aaron Rodgers, right? I still think that he has an opportunity to be good. Uh, we just don't know who the new Devonta Adams is yet. I mean, that could easily be Lazard. Uh, it can be Watson. Uh, my my bet's on Lazard. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones is going to be probably flanked out. He'll catch more balls. The team is probably still slated to win that division, even though the Vikings are going to be better. So someone's going to catch the ball, you know, Watkins, Cobb, whomever it is. Someone's going to wind up catching the ball. Tanyan should be healthy and back. Um, those running backs are going to be great. So that defense is really good for Green Bay. And so, like yeah. I said, I think that they're going to be in position to win that division. And so someone will be catching the ball. It's just that we may not be completely clear on who that is just yet, but it will be somebody. Someone's going to be the wide receiver one for that team. And so based on that, him going where he's going right now in FFPC drafts is ridiculous. I definitely think he should be going a lot higher. Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford going above him, and then Dak Prescott and uh, Trey Lance, uh, for goodness sake, are going about three rounds ahead of Rodgers. Uh, he is going just ahead of Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins. Wow, all the NFC North quarterbacks going in the in the same spot, except for uh, Jared Goff, who's going much later. Uh, but that's the the Rodgers ADP that we're looking at right now, and I think you're right with Aaron Jones. I've been saying for weeks, you know, basically ever since Adams got traded to the Raiders, every single time that Adams was out, Aaron Jones was the focus uh, of of the passing game. He caught a ton of passes. We saw an NFL Network the other night, uh, Packers and Cowboys from last year. When Adams was out that game, Aaron Jones ends up getting, I don't know, like 170 total yards, eight catches, and four touchdowns. He was bonkers, and he should be bonkers again this year, too. Um, next email is from Jim in Carlisle, Kentucky. Yes, it is. Hey, guys, all my buddies keep talking about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but I think there's a lot to like about Mike Gesicki this year, too. What do you think? That is Jim in Carlisle, Kentucky. Yeah, um, Mike Gesicki right now is tight end 14, I want to say. Yeah, tight end 14 um, at the 10.07, right behind Irv Smith, right ahead of Albert Okuwepadam. And and with Gesicki, this is a guy that that I think Tua Tungabailoa has looked to throw to before, and he's had some pretty successful games with him. Um, is he the most consistent guy in the world? No, probably not. But he's tight end 14, and he's going into double-digit rounds of a tight end premium format, Rashad. Too late for me. I'd be picking him earlier. Totally agree, Balky. Again, I think he's probably uh, top four last year in targets at the tight end position. Uh, so Gusecki's going to have his opportunity. And like you said, Tua's there. So it's probably going to be a lot of connection between Tua and that tight end. I know Tyreek Hill's there. Uh, Daniel came over for the 49ers. He's a new head coach. New offensive line uh, with Teron Armstead there. So they're going to be a better team, in my opinion. Um, but Devonta Parker also left, so there's going to be some vacated targets. So I think Gusecki, if you look at the measurables, I think that he's going to be a great tight end for them. And at that value, like you said, tight end 14, wow, I think that absolutely he's being undervalued for sure, and I'm definitely focused on him in my drafts. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. I, I think that's a guy, again, you wait on tight A lot of people like to either grab one of the, the elite tight ends early or wait, and if you're one of the waiters, Gesicki is a nice little consolation prize there in the 10th round. One more email for you, Rashad, tonight that we will do is from uh, Sam and Philly. Hey, HSFF Power Heroes, I seem to be getting the Matt Ryan Paris Campbell stack a lot in my FFPC best ball leagues. Is that a worthwhile one to target this year? That's Sam in Philadelphia. Thank you for the email, Sam. And I'll tell you this. Because it is Paris Campbell and Matt Ryan, Rashad, I don't know about you, but like I, I don't necessarily have to target this stack to get it. I mean, Matt Ryan in the Football Guys Players Championship, he's a 17th round pick as quarterback 19. Paris Campbell in the ADP over the last five days in the um, uh, Football Guys Players Championship, wide receiver 79 in the 17th round. This is one of those things where if you're looking for stacks, cheap stacks, you can easily get these guys late. You don't even have to focus on it. It just falls into your lap. Like you said, Balky, it's free. Uh, Matt Ryan uh, is going later than what, in my opinion, what he should be going. And like you said, Paris Campbell, 18th, 19th round. Um, who's the wide receiver two on this team? Uh, we don't know. Uh, we're going to be surprised. It's going to be a good team. Um, I think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're going to probably win the division. But um, Paris Campbell could easily be the number two. You know, Alec Pierce, mm -hmm. rookie, um, who knows where he is at this point. Uh, they've been talking about Paris Campbell for the last couple of years as far as having a breakout year. This may be the year. And to basically get him for free and pair him with the quarterback, who you're probably also getting in the 14th or 15th round. I mean, to me, it's absolutely a no-brainer to use that stack. I think it's a great opportunity for sure. Definitely should be focusing on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I cited the ADPs from the Football Guys Players Championship. 
if you look at the FFPC best ball tournament, um, they're very similar ADPs there. Uh, so you can easily get them there if you're looking for those stacks in, in the best ball tournament. Uh, Rashad, it has been a pleasure talking fantasy football with you tonight. Really enjoyed it. Um, have you reached out or, or has Darren Armani reached out to you? Do you know which date you're going to be drafting in pros versus Joe's yet? It, you know, Bucky, I don't know as of yet. He sent me the initial email just letting me know right. what the options were, and I sent some information back to him. So I believe uh, it's still outstanding as far as which day, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. It, it will be one of the live ones, which is the one that I requested. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and um, it's going to be a great time. Regardless of what date it is, we're broadcasting all the live ones right on here. If you want to pop in during your draft, we'd love to have you back, get some live analysis, maybe make a pick or two on the clock. We'd love to see it. We'd love to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for spending this Wednesday night with you, me, man. And good luck in the main event, trying to win that million bucks. And, of course, in that $10,000 buy-in in the high society. Always a fun draft as well. Balky, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Rashad Cobb, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, – Two-time Pros versus Joe's drafter. The two-time FFPC Main Event League runner-up. And, of course, the one-time FFPC Main Event League winner. A guy who does very well in the high society draft as well with the FFPC. I want to thank him. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out with us on this Wednesday evening. Now, you say, okay, Balky, you did the show on Wednesday. Does that mean there's not a show on Friday? Incorrect. There is no show next week. I'm going to be gone and within some bad internet territory. So I didn't want to do a show next week. So we're doing two of them this week. So we will be back on Friday, 10, nine central. Not only will Farrell Elliott be back with me, uh, but $200,000 high stakes winner and four time FFPC league winner, Duke Viveros will be on this program. Guy who's very accomplished in the high stakes industry, pro poker player. Um, and he is just, I just like we were talking with uh, Rashad earlier, just got back from the World Series of Poker. He might have some stories from that as well. He's going to join us at 10, 9 Central on Friday. The main event slow drafts begin in five days. The chase for that $1 million grand prize begins in less than a week. Make sure you're registering for those teams. And if you already registered, remember you get that $400 multi-team discount. Take advantage of that. Um, I also sent out an FFPC mailer today. In that was uh, some information on how to register for your stay at Planet Hollywood. If you're thinking about drafting live, thinking about drafting in the high society against Rashad, thinking about drafting in the main event or any of the other ancillary leagues that we have going on live out there, make sure you're checking that out and booking your stay right now. It's insane, the prices. I mean, you can stay for less than 80 bucks a night um, uh, Thursday, uh, I beg your pardon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday night, you'll get a room on the strip for less than 180 bucks. You can't beat that resort fees way cheaper than what you'd get. Uh, if you weren't booking with the FFPC discount, there's a link in there. Make sure you're booking through that, uh, and join us out in Las Vegas this year. It's going to be a great time as it always is. Uh, football guys, early bird ends in about, I'm going to say mm, 28 hours roughly. Uh, so make sure that if you are thinking about um, playing in the football guys players championship for that half million dollar grand prize you register now uh before or by june 30th and then you draft those teams prior to july 15th that's when you start getting those uh ffpc 35 dollar free team credits onto your account you get the up to three of those it's free teams take advantage trust me it's worth it um the 2022 ffpc best ball tournament and the 2022 inaugural Superflex best ball tournament continues to fill up uh, there. Make sure you're drafting in those leagues. You don't have to wait long. They're filling daily. Um, there's always some action going on there. And you can win $200,000 or $10,000 depending upon your buy-in in those tournaments. Uh, $200,000 in the best ball tournament, $10,000 in the uh, Superflex tournament. The uh, Dynasty startups are still available at myffpc.com. And then, of course, plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options. Terminator format, varsity format, the list goes on and on. We have a league for you at myffpc.com. So does the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, as you can register not only for the Run to Daylight Championship with the Draft Masters there, as well as the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, a $25,000 grand prize there. Uh, And, of course, my shameless plug, remember to like, subscribe, comment, and get notified on the FFPC YouTube channel. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, you don't miss anything uh, that that we have on this program. Not necessarily for me, but for all the, the talented players like Rashad Cobb we had on tonight. Those are the people we want to make sure uh, they're getting their voices out there. We want to give them uh, a way to get their message out there, a way for them to be exposed as really talented fantasy football players. Um, it's what this show is all about. It's what it's always been about. It's what it will continue 
to be about. Thank you so much for watching. Your Thursday starts now, and we will see you on Friday. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Uh, and, and shameless plug, too, if you are looking to draft yet tonight, use this knowledge that you've seen. Uh, make sure you're going on right now at myffpc.com. Uh, they just filled the last best ball uh, tournament uh, tonight, um, so you can't join that. Well, you can join it, but it probably won't draft tonight anymore. But there is a Midnight Football Guys Players Championship draft. You can uh, take your shot at that. That will go off in a little bit less than an hour. So make sure you're registering for that if you want some late night Wednesday drafting fun. Appreciate you all, and we will talk with you again on Friday.